0: Hello.
1: Hello. Well, we're starting now. Um, today, everybody, we're doing a, a show um, on trauma. Uh, I'm doing a series on trauma now. And this episode, we have my guest, Missy Connolly, And Missy and I will talk about um, her experiencing with trauma, her learnings regarding her uh, recovery and healing process. Hello, Missy. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, I'm awesome. How are you, Christopher?
1: I'm doing well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, I guess we'll get started by talking about, you know, um, your trauma process. You, you can tell us as much or as little as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, your process through healing and wholeness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what is it? What is it like for you? Uh, now that you've been on your healing journey for a while.
0: Okay, well, (laughs) I'm going to tell you what. I've been working hardcore at this since 2005 because that's when I looked in the mirror as an addict and I decided to put myself into a program. Um, Luckily enough, I had been protected through my mom's prayers, I believe, but um, had never hurt anyone with my issues. I was a polysubstance abuser. And ever since I realized that I was killing my, I looked around and I was like, nobody else is trying to like party like this. Why am I to, you know? First, it, that was the realization is nobody else is partying as hard as me, you know? Because I was trying to escape, you know? And then that started bringing question marks like, why am I like this and nobody else is? So then I started like, researching myself through psychology books, and um, came to the awareness that I was, you know, and then plus, I had a physical habit of picking my face. And my face was basically, if I could get that picture, which it's out there somewhere. um, When I, when I checked into the program for, you know, like recovery program, they took a picture of you to put in your file like a Polaroid. And my face, my face was literally sores, like big sores all over it, mm-hmm. um, like from the size of a dime to, you know, like size of a quarter. And that was like the darkest point. And then the healing started from there. That's like where everything was like God gave me that epiphany, I think, you know, to save my own life mm-hmm. because I was going to something tragic was gonna, getting ready to happen because I hated myself, mm-hmm. you know. So that was the real discovery is that all of this over time catching these small hints. I think, I think there was a spiritual, spiritual aspect to it that God was throwing me hints. Um, mm-hmm. Look here. Look here. I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you this over time so it wouldn't crush my soul. And then I figured out slowly that it made sense. Somebody touched me when I was little, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was like, that's fucked up but sorry for the language, but Kentucky is kind of known for that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's widespread known it was back in the mountains. There was no police. There was none of this. And so my family had already, this was just the norm is I'll take what the fuck I want when I want it. Cause I'm a drunk, pissed off, poor hillbilly, you know what I mean? And I think that's what it came down to is they hated their lives. The men hated their lives and they would coal mine get drunk and come home and rape women and tear shit up so there was no law back there so the women had no defense and they just kept having children my grandma miscarried and in total like 13 kids when was she not pregnant you know like um I don't know it's like insanity and then that pattern like my my dad didn't beat me but he emotionally and mentally beat me and crushed my soul, but on top of it, it all, apparently it all traces back to when I was touched, you Mm -hmm. know, because when you finally get over the shock of it all, and that sits there for a while, and and then you think, well, naturally, I would say, how do I fix this, you know, I've come to accept it, now how do I fix it, but that takes a while right there, because there's a lot of damage, you know, when you first get the realization that this has happened to you because a lot of people are just i walk around and i didn't even know i didn't have just i just didn't have any memory of my childhood and when i went to my first psychology that's when i found out like a pamphlet like um loss of memory you know and i'm like oh shit you know
1: now what was that (laughs) that's important to note other people may not realize that they may have had a similar trauma in their life they may have patches of memory that they don't remember when did you realize that you had um memory loss regarding your childhood
0: well that was interesting because it was just pieces with that too it was like sprinkles of people I would run into that say oh I remember when I was three and this happened I remember all the way back to when I was you know, people are remembering way back into their lives and it was people were gravitating to me over time with this, like a little bit at a time. It's like God plans out your healing ahead of time because it didn't all come at once. But I pieced it together and I was like, well, maybe, the you know, I have this commonality with these people, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just blowing my mind how your mind will heal itself if you put it on that trajectory. Tra- however you say that, trajectory. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had one thing in mind and that was staying alive, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was literally, and then even after I got through the addiction and I had two years of sobriety with everything, quit smoking, quit taking pills, quit taking everything, quit inhaling stuff, Mm -hmm. like whatever it was, I laid it down and I got to the sober part of myself. And then I just cried for like, I mean, therapy, as much as I could get in there and handle, I would, it was just a regular thing to be miserable because mm-hmm. I was with one of my exes and he was maybe just a standby guy to get me through that part of my life.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and that makes sense now because he was very safe, secure. I didn't have to worry about money. He also gave me a safe place to heal, you know, mm-hmm. and I took a lot of shit out on him,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: but he, he also sexually assaulted me mm-hmm. as with blindly you know so this was a pattern still wasn't fixed yet and when you get to the other side of talking about it and piecing it all together then you can see those things you can see how it's like
2: oh you
1: sound muffled i'm sorry
0: oh sorry yeah i was i moved my arm
1: Very much. so
0: anyways i was getting off subject so you were saying about memory yeah and it was like I literally was, it wasn't small chunks. It was big chunks.
1: Like how big?
0: If I, I was trying, when I first started coming to the realization, it was probably about um, 70%. Like from five years old and back. And then probably from, it was patches. I mean, literally patches of time um, throughout my childhood, throughout my Mm -hmm. teenage years, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I realized that this was happening. Like this blackout thing was happening. Right. When me and my dad went face to face and had almost had a fist fight because he got so angry at me talking back to him, you know, standing up for myself and stuff. Right. That he pushed me back on the bed. And I remember the bed busted because that bed had a problem. I guess it was, it broke a lot. Mm -hmm. Funny, weird, huh? Right. um, So here i was pushed backwards onto the bed and then i don't have a recall of anything that happened from that point on like that's when i realized like i re- i was i'm trying to recall it now and it's gone you know so
1: let me just <laughs> stop you there um, yeah Thank that's you. a powerful um moment in in time that you recall that um and you know that could be um uh, a memory related to another uh, sexual b- abuse, not just physical, because a lot of times what the mind does is when things happen in anybody's life, right, mm-hmm. Be it, uh, related to trauma. So a lot of times this sexual trauma is the one that really causes memory loss. Um, then what happens is when you're a kid and this happens, right? Your brain has the ability to mask it. And so what happens is the event is so traumatic until it literally creates a conscious memory uh, loss. That doesn't okay. mean that you don't remember it, right? It right. just means that it, it, it the, the trauma is so severe to you, right?
2: Yeah.
1: That mm-hmm. the brain tries to defend itself by taking that memory and literally cutting it out from your, from your conscious mind.
0: But mm-hmm. it, has
1: to do, it has to put that memory somewhere. And so what happens is, is the brain takes that memory. So think of a, a film strip, right? Mm-hmm. And think of an editor, right? What does an okay. editor do when it comes <sighs> to films and movies? After the film is shot, the editor goes in and it Mm. cuts snippets out that it wants to remove (laughs) and it splices that film back together again and the cuttings end up on the floor. That's why they have that term called the cutting floor. And so when you have those traumatic moments, the super Uh traumatic ones, that the brain says, I can't handle this, I'm going to cut it out, it does it subconsciously and it weaves back or splices back your memories in a very disjointed fashion. So that's why you have memories that, you know, that are, quote unquote, lost, but not lost. And that's why you have experiences physically and mentally, cognitively, that Mm -hmm. often don't make sense to the survivor. And also, there's something called body memories that I want to talk about. Body memories are real. There's There, there are in, in impressions that are left. The cutting floor, I'm going to say, coin it like this, the cutting floor impressions, right? The things that you have uh, 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 allowed to be cut out of this particular movie of your life, those impressions have to go somewhere. And so where where do they go? They go literally stored in a big old file cabinet called body memories okay and so the body literally remembers the trauma that the brain discards this is what goes on and Uh it could be it it be activated or reactivated the memories can be brought back through Uh through um uh through some type of audio file that gets stored in your brain uh through uh another sensory like um Your smell uh, or touch, but least likely visual files, right? So this is how the brain reactivates and brings back a traumatic event. So what happens is stuff, the the snippets that are on the cutting floor that the body stores, right? That, Uh That particular unconscious or subconscious memory or those memories are reactivated at certain times of your life. So that's where flashbacks come in. That's right. where memories come in in your <clears> dream, <throat> in your dreams. That's where things that almost feel like a dream state, but you feel in your gut, right? That there is something to that, right? But a mm-hmm. lot of times, it you know, your brain will dismiss it. Like, oh, that was just a dream, right? Or, oh, that was just your fantasy. And a lot of times, people are treated in the way where if you tell, if you tell, a lot of people don't tell about the abuse, but if you tell, you tell usually your mom, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are women abusers, right? And, And so, you know, it's almost like, who do you tell? Maybe you should tell nobody in any case. You're not believed you're ignored, right? You're quote unquote. Invisible. Right, and so what happens with that is you learn, right, through your abuse, that I'm not wanted. I'm not, you know, uh, my I can't trust my feelings. I can't trust what I see, feel, touch, right. I can't uh, 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 um, uh, trust anything about my senses and the information that it relates to me to my brain. And, and 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 then there's this dissociation piece, right mm-hmm. that during the acts, right? Of mm-hmm. this violence, your brain literally separates itself your your, your you know from your body, right mm-hmm. And so you yeah. cast your mind away uh to something that's safe. and so you know it could be a candle burning in the room or it could be you know anything like that, you know. And while mm-hmm. the event's happening. And so when the event's over, you literally come back to yourself, right? Come back to your body. And that's that's, that's dissociation. So separating yourself from the event. It's interesting how the brain defenses work. And it's, 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 it's compelling because a lot of times when the brain is working so hard to cover up memories, right? To protect mm-hmm. itself against these traumas. <clears throat> What happens is that we don't remember the traumas until later in life, like have a conscious memory of it. So, a lot of times, you know, um, uh, the research says that between the ages of 34, 35, to their early 40s is when these traumas tend to reemerge in the conscious memory of survivors. So that's why a lot of times people who've been abused like that, um, they don't have a conscious memory of it until later in life, right? And Mm -hmm. and so then what do you do with that? So it's it's one of those things where people have to give themselves grace and space for because when those memories tend to emerge, they tend to emerge in a form of questions
2: Hmm. like
1: what you had. Yeah, You know, certain things, you kind of evaluate things and it's like, these things don't make sense. Why Why yeah. did this happen? Do you have And that feels that?
0: like because I set the intention to heal myself, like the whole point when I went in there and stopped doing everything, I was going to be, I already set my mind that I was going to be one of the 15% that made it out because they said, let us tell you the facts first. people relapse. You've got to do the work, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, they're full of shit. But um, I'm going to be the bitch that survives. I don't care how somebody else says it. I'm going to live, is what Mm -hmm. I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And then I earned my coin, and I told my story. I stood up. I spoke in front of people then, and I was scared to death. And I told how there was very deep. There's so many traumas that I experienced over and over because I didn't know about this. Horrors. Horrors you know, that are going to be in my book. But, you know, how you keep the subconscious is started to lead me to healing. It, mm-hmm. it let it's literally laid out the path. The, the mind is like genius. Like mm-hmm. once I set that intention, it's like all of these clues started coming to me and I had to figure it out because no one would talk about it. No one in our family would talk about anything that happened with mom and dad after they passed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, uh, it was a topic that no one would talk about. No aunt, no uncle. I emailed and begged, made phone calls. No, nobody would own it. And they all probably knew about it, you Mm -hmm. know? And then here I am to left to suffer. I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm going to fix myself. But I mean, you can't rely on other people to do that for you anyways. It's just like, did y'all know about this? What about my parents? What was going on with my parents that they didn't tell me about, Mm -hmm. you know? What did my mom and dad first lied to me and tell me my mom didn't drink, but my mom drank before she was diagnosed, and that's when my mom shot at my dad
2: mm-hmm. the first
0: time. They left the Moose Lodge. Everybody knows what they do at the Moose Lodge. You know, <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. drinks. You know, mm-hmm. so here they are. And my dad drove away drunk on a motorcycle. Apparently that night, I'm calling them on their behavior. You know, and he walked away. He didn't communicate. He closed himself off. So then my mom her fucking temper went through the roof Mm -hmm. and she wasn't going to let a man do anything to her. Like, like her dad used to do Mm -hmm. and her uncles and shit, apparently. So here's a woman that's done putting up with shit. So she shoots at his feet. Next thing you know, she's crazy. Mm
2: -hmm. She's
0: diagnosed crazy. And then, you know how the mind works. It'll split if you can't handle what's happened to you. And I think my mom just couldn't handle it. And the mind found a way to, to, to fix itself without dying. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise these things would make you want to die. They'd make you hate yourself enough to where you'd want to die. But some part of you wants to live, you know, so you're trying to fix yourself. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the tools come to you when you say I want to heal, it will come. So I'm just going to tell everybody that listening. It's not just hope. It will come because one step at a time. I'm not talking about it's going to happen all at once because it took a while to get you there. But I've been working at this since 2005, you know, and only recently have I really been cracked open on on the real aspect and the real reason why I failed a lot throughout my life.
1: So do you (laughs) want to talk about that being cracked open piece? Um,
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I call it the whiteboard.
1: (laughs) Well, tell them about the whiteboard.
0: Lord have mercy. I was like praying. Jesus fix me. What the hell's wrong with me? Because I'm on the brink of me being able to have enough confidence to build myself a business, you know, with one of my gifts. And so I'm like, what's keeping, why is there this block or this obstacle in my mind? And I still won't cooperate. So there's something left to heal. And I have to pray about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So here comes Chris with the whiteboard.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: I think you're ready for this. So what he tells me is basically all the people I've been married to, you know, that I made that contract with in the physical, like a physical it on a dotted line. Mm -hmm. I made a contract with them and God that I was going to be with them till the day they die, you know, but I get it that this, that agreement or cord is cut when you get the divorce, but I didn't know there was a spiritual tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you according to you there's a spiritual tie to everyone I was in a relationship with uh, all husbands so four husbands until mm-hmm. this day and then you have to do the spiritual work to break those ties mm-hmm. you know what I mean because that's a different level everybody's like I need to heal my, my body told in this trauma and now I won't eat or something different's happening in my body or whatever but um that's nothing because mm-hmm. wait till you get to the spiritual work You Mm -hmm. will cry. Your soul will want it to end. You will beg for the block to be over. It's been like a couple weeks for me. Mm -hmm. You know, hardcore digging on myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in here working at myself for hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And exploring my roots and trying to figure out the psychological reason why I couldn't move forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you people, there is hope. You can grow into this, this person who can make something positive out of this negative because... I have been crawling since 2005 and now I'm like, ready. When Chris said this, I'm like, this is the moment where you jump because this is when I start helping people with my story, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was still worried, like, what would my family think if I talked about this? Would they believe me? But that's the child still speaking. That's the hurt one. Mm. You know, she's saying, don't do it. They'll hate you, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh uh-uh no I'm not that child no more I'm an adult and I can talk about what I want to talk about and I can help people get unlock their own cages
2: you know the
0: mind is a cage and when you're abused you're in a cage and you're on a different trajectory than you are when you're healed because now I see myself the habits I was having the hypersexuality and stuff that we spoke into we went into that too um that once you, if you're sexually molested, which we get into those numbers, that would be nice for you to hit those again. But yeah. this is a high percentage of people from our generation. We're not talking about the millennials here. We didn't do that shit to our kids. People didn't do that. A lot of people didn't. But there was a whole wave of people who were abused, and they need to hear this information and stuff.
1: So, um, I want yeah. to point out a couple of things. Um, now
0: we got to start talking about the it. The thing, in other words.
1: yes, we do. The <laughs> thing about secrets what 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 is typical is when an abuser does this right Mm -hmm. um they 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 basically a directly or indirectly threaten the person being abused so the survivor and the threat is hey don't tell your mom Right. Uh Don't tell anybody. Matter of fact, we'll keep this a family secret just between me and you. And if you tell, I'll make your life hell. Right. Uh So what happens with the child? The child does that. Right. And in most Uh cases, you know, the child doesn't have to be told to keep the secret. They keep the secret because they know that this is something that shouldn't be happening. So there's a Uh shame piece also. But yeah. there, there, there's something about telling. That and that's the spiritual
0: tie to them. We didn't even get into that.
1: Well, not but, yet. But that's, yeah. that's the, um, that's the there's, there's power in telling. Um, so the power in telling is you literally think of the secret right? As
2: mm-hmm.
1: handcuffs or shackles. And oh, so as God. long as long as you keep the secret, right? And you don't tell anybody, then what happens is that you're literally shackled to that person spiritually. Mm. And and so I just
0: felt some energy move off of me, Chris, when you said that.
1: Yeah. And I felt an
0: energy lift off of me.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. When you're shackled to that person because you won't tell, right? You've been shamed Mm -hmm. into believing you're you're disgusting and your body's bad. And you have a horrible something wrong image. with you. Yeah, you're, you're something's wrong with you. You're different from other people. All of these. And
0: are, the one, uh, it's all my fault.
1: Right, it's I did all my something. Fault. I did something. I should have stopped him or her. Um, yeah. So what happens? And you were just is, a
0: child, so right. You, you know. didn't.
1: You didn't have agency back then. You didn't have the a power choice. to stop them. Didn't have a choice. And so yeah. what happens is you literally become shackled spiritually to that person. Ugh. You're attached to their energy, and then you wonder, why can't I do this? Why can't I manage money? They're basically
0: controlling your life from a tethering, like a tethering between you and them.
1: Yes, it is that. So what happens in the telling is that when you tell about it, right, Mm -hmm. um, then you basically are unhandcuffing yourself from that individual, right? You're You're freeing yourself. You're freeing your mind. You're freeing your body. It's Mm -hmm. not to say that everything is going to magically get better, but it is saying that, hey, I'm no longer under that person's control. Wow. Okay. You
0: literally lifted something off of me when you said these words.
1: (laughs) uh Well, good. That's helpful because when you're under this type of influence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're not your own person. Matter of fact, you don't even know who you are because you're doing this particular dance that this other person's writing the music to. And so when you un- handcuff yourself by telling, right, and mm-hmm. telling is going to save people, your pastor, your, your uh, mentor, your therapist, your life coach, what happens is you end up in a situation to where you're literally freeing yourself body, mm-hmm. mind, and spirit from mm. what happened to you. And then that's when the work can take place that you're talking about, Missy. Hey, you know what? I'm not, no longer this guy's slave. I'm yeah. no longer this woman's slave. You know, And now the healing can literally start at that point.
0: Oh, heck yeah. Because you see yourself as everything's explained i'm on the other side side of this now i can see myself objectively i didn't do anything to bring this on this was brought upon me and then you can stop feeling guilty or shameful because i know that's a big thing i have been dealing with and then um as i dealt with promiscuity then i would have disgusting feelings of myself afterwards Mm -hmm. you know like go indulge like it's a big you know some people it's a sunday You know, I'm going to go eat this Sunday and then I'm going to feel disgusting about myself. Mm -hmm. I did that too, though. I did bulimia for a while and Mm I, you know, thought of myself as disgusting for having eaten such atrocity, you know, Mm -hmm. like punishing your body. Mm -hmm. And all of this stuff has resulted as from living to from the point of view, I had to live from a damaged child point of view instead of a normal, a child that wasn't abused point of view. Mm -hmm. So that's Like skewed my whole life. It like put me on a different timeline because like it's not fair to be the person that's built from that foundation instead of a safe, secure one. And that's why I've always had problems with stability because Mm -hmm. I never had it when I was a kid. So uh, I was recreating. Oh, this is unstable. It's unstable mm-hmm. for these reasons in my mind. And my mind would convince me that each one of those relationships, and then I would see it later that these men loved me. I didn't have a problem getting someone to love me. I was running.
1: <laughs> so let me let me just uh, say that. Um, but that's the
0: damage it does, Chris. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get emotional, but.
1: Right. But yeah. This, so I want to highlight a couple of things right quick. Okay. Uh-huh. Super important information right here. Um, The first thing is um, when you're dealing with, you mentioned the promiscuity. I want to talk about that for a minute. Uh Um, A lot of times with male and female survivors of childhood sexual abuse um, and even, you know, adolescent sexual abuse, what Uh happens is, is that the brain can't handle that event right, of those events that took place, the assaults, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, in order to tell, remember I said telling is important, right? right? Telling is the initial process, I said, of healing. Yes, it is. Now, Mm -hmm. most kids, young adults, can't say, hey, mommy touched me, daddy touched me, your uncle touched me, your cousin touched me, whomever it was. Uh, They can't say that could be neighbor, could be anybody. So what happens is people literally will tell in different ways. Mm -hmm. So they will act out. Right. They will become violent or they will become sexually promiscuous. They might develop some kind of conduct disorder. They might develop all kinds of things. Why? Well, because the body literally keeps the score. Dr. Uh, Bessel Vandekoff wrote this book. I suggest everybody listening should get this resource. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. It explains all of this stuff in great, great, great detail. Um, and so the body expresses itself because it has to tell, right? And so mm-hmm. when you consciously don't tell, you will tell by being promiscuous, you will literally reenact the trauma that you experienced over and over and over and over and over again because you are trying to solve a problem. This is super duper important for everybody to understand you, your traumas are causing you to be sexually promiscuous. If that's your symptomatology and you will reenact that over and over and over again. Why? Because your brain is trying to solve the problem, and the problem is what happened to me? Why did this happen to me? It's like pointing an
0: arrow to that area. I have a problem in this area, you know well,
1: remember the cut, <laughs> the remember, brain Remember the cutting floor Mhm, okay editor, brain cut this this memory out. It drops to the cutting floor so there's mm-hmm. no conscious memory of it right the brain is so crafty it even hides the memory from itself right and so it plates <laughs> it places it in your subconscious mind which your body reenacts it that's why promiscuity is so heavy that's why you can't handle money very well that's why people will label you in schools and schools do an exceptionally poor job at identifying these particular individuals and helping them but what happens is that's why kids come up with i believe learning disabilities it's not a disability and i'm not talking about you know brain you know when your brain doesn't develop i'm not talking about that physical development Mm -hmm. but as far as being in most, they have this category called emotionally disturbed, you know, in in special ed. A lot of times that has trauma history to it. And so people said, you're acting out, you won't pay attention, you're daydreaming or whatever. That's not the case. The truth is there's something going on there that has to be identified. Keep talking. There's a problem there, (laughs) right? And so- The body's literally pointing to that as an issue. It's saying to you, hey, it's time to wake up. Hey, it's time for you to wake up. It's time to, you know, realize this is what's going on. The body's literally trying to shake a person right awake. Right? And so it wants you to learn, you know, it wants you to understand. And so a lot of times through therapy, through good coaching, what happens is a person literally is woken up, right? Think of the coaching, think of the therapy, right? As a key, right? A key to a lock, a locked door full of mystery, right? That is affecting your life. And so that therapy, that, that coaching, that good work will allow that key to open the door to unlock what happened to me. That way your brain can really rewrite itself this is super important rewrite itself and rewrite the narrative because the narrative that was written for you through your trauma is really all a lie right Mm -hmm. uh and so when you rewrite your history right you're right they call it this is a big word rewrite your schema which is the script that you literally go by subconsciously right wow when you create new experiences for yourself, right? Healthy Uh experiences, healthy relationships, then what happens is you literally rewrite your story. Uh This is probably a good spot to really end on. When you rewrite your story, that can create fear also because now, hey, I can succeed. Oh my gosh! I know what it like. It's like to win a contest, or to make good grades, uh, or to venture out and be successful in something. Oh my god! So now you have to. Now you have another problem, but it's a good problem instead of the trauma. Oh, well. I'm afraid. I'm terrified of success. I'm terrified of making money. I'm terrified of doing things productive because the schema, the script that was written for you says the exact opposite. It says you're no good. It says Uh that nobody loves you. It says that you're a problem child, right? It says Uh that you can't learn. You know, you can't discover new things about yourself. You know, and so, you know, and so you literally are combating these things, but have patience with yourself. Have grace with yourself. Treat yourself with kindness because in doing all these things, you literally will rewrite your story. And Mm -hmm. I would like to really give you the last word, Missy, about that piece, rewriting your story. What is that like for you?
0: Well, um, I'll just start by saying there was pre-whiteboard and then there's (laughs) after-whiteboard. Because that was a real turning point for me once I realized I had to cut that spiritual tie. And I have over the okay literally have been on twitter doing everything um in the metaphysical like it you know what i'm saying like out there in cyberspace um as promiscuity but from home you know what i'm saying with the the social media and stuff Mm -hmm. and after the whiteboard that behavior has subsided and i've Mm -hmm. never seen that behavior subside in myself ever Like Mm -hmm. when I want something, I go get it, you know, I'm, I'm just stubborn like that. And now I'm like, I'm on the other side of healing. I need to do this for myself, you know, and I would justify myself with that Mm -hmm. for the, for the repeated behavior. And it was such that I was like, this is animalistic. Maybe it's something to do with being a woman. And like, right before change of life, I need to do something, you know, like my body wants to make a baby or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that it was this, you know, coming to the surface, I think, you know?
1: So I should uh, say <laughs> this something This is a whole
0: nother about... podcast, Chris. <laughs> right. So
1: I should say something about the uh, soul ties real quick. Um, yeah.
0: Prequel the, your show.
1: The, 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 <laughs> uh, the trauma stuff. Um, first, um, the numbers are shocking. Uh, I did- uh, I did my master's degree thesis years and years ago about this. Um, But did y'all know that one of every two girls or, or women have been sexually abused? One out of two. So that's every other girl. That's every other woman. So that means that you have a person, a woman here, Abuse, not abuse. Abuse, not. Grocery abuse. store line. Abuse, Think about it. Not abuse.
0: The person standing next to you. If there's three women in line, there's a chance that there's one of them. One out of three. You know what I'm saying well, that's how real this is.
1: Really, two out of three. Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> right. So every other, and then there are other numbers with with men or boys. It's not any that much better. One out of four boys. Have been wow. molested as children, so that's it's every real. fourth boy. So it's a huge problem that nobody talks about, mm-hmm. um, and that is ever present in American society. Absolutely.
0: Well, we're talking um, about it now.
1: So. We're talking about it now. So it's <laughs> yes. a huge problem. But uh, I'd like to wrap by saying that it, underneath, it, it, it it's a foundational issue
2: mm-hmm. that
1: it affects the rest of your life it can take decades to solve this issue, right? Mm -hmm. To resolve it. And so your body speaks, it creates these soul ties. That's going to be another show because it's just too much to get into right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have also a show uh, via YouTube and Facebook on it in October. So tune in to that. uh, And that's going to be super powerful. But, you know, I like to wrap by saying that, you know, um, you can fix yourself. Oh, your, yeah. your your state of being doesn't and always. And you'll get have fierce.
0: To, you'll get fierce after you fix yourself. <laughs>
1: right. You won't. You won't really. It'll be a better version of you. But
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: fix yourself, and you know, there's a lot of uh, things that tell you, "Oh, things will never change. You'll always be this way." And that's the truth is that we can get better. The body wants to heal, um, mm-hmm. and the body will always move towards healing and progress. So I want to encourage everybody that you can heal. And on the other side of that trauma is a beautiful life. So let's wrap by that. Um, And y'all have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.